Will O'Neill Cruz be a stud or a dud for this upcoming fantasy season? We'll answer that question and more on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my co-host, my brother, as always, Matthew Ane. Yo, yo. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and we'll be there. Uh, make sure that you like, subscribe, and comment, especially on YouTube, because we love to talk fantasy baseball with you. On today's episode, we are talking about specifically hitters that, uh, you know, Matt or I, you know, not necessarily both of us, feel that are being drafted a little bit too high based on current ADP. So once again, Matt and I might not necessarily agree on everything today. We might get a little debate action. And also, I just want to let you guys know, uh, I always forget to say this at the top, and I will not forget today. Matt and I's rankings, when we're talking about them, are based on five-by-five head-to-head categories leagues. The rankings also work for Roto. Matt and I aren't the biggest point leagues guys, but if you have any point league uh, questions specifically, Matt and I will be sure to answer them. So, Matt, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the guy that uh, you know uh, we, we teased at the beginning, and that's O'Neal Cruz, my brother. Do you want to lead off with him? Sure. O'Neal Cruz was one of the, you know, the big stalwart prospects that were called up last year that, you know, we kind of were like excited to see he's a big boy, six foot seven, 220 pounds already in that damn man body, you know, just stroking that bat like a stud and hitting it for yard. What he did last year was pretty impressive, like in terms of a rookie getting his first big shot at the, at the bigs, but there is some negative sides that we're going to talk about in just a moment, but let me read off what he did first In 331 at bats. He had 45 runs, 17 home runs, 54 ribbies, 11 stolen bases, and he had a batting average of 233. And his OBP, which I never usually read, is a 294. It's just really ugly. Now, the thing about him, though, is he came in hot like a like a house on fire, right? So his first seven days in the league, which was 24 plate appearances, he was, I mean, at first 19 at-bats, he did a really good job. He had four runs. He had a double. He had one ribby. Two stolen bases right off the bat, walked almost as much as he struck out, hit 263, caught a groove in 14 days. You know, he had, you know, 47 bats at that time. He had the 10 runs. He had the three three doubles, three ribbies, four stolen bases now out of that, and it was 319. But then the 28 days, he, he really took off. Then the rest of it was just fugly. And quite honestly, he kind of looked like the league adjusted to him, and then he couldn't catch back up. So I'm just like, with him, I'm like, okay, what are we going to see this year? One, the Pittsburgh Pirates aren't a great team. Two, Reynolds is trying to leave, so there goes another option for ribbies and runs for him, right? And then three, you know, can he figure out what he did wrong and adjust that for this upcoming season? So right now he's being drafted as the eighth shortstop and the 73rd pick overall. That's really high for me. 
I have him as my 16th shortstop. See, like I need to see the kid do it, and I need to see, you know, what what the possibilities are. Pretty much what you're drafting him at at the number eight shortstop is at almost his ceiling, right? And you don't want to draft the player at a ceiling because then if he doesn't hit, if he even falls too short, you're done. You lost it. You just wasted a draft pick. Whereas, you know, you could draft him, which I know you're not going to get at this point, but you if you were to draft him at, you know, the 11th, 12th, 16, I'm anywhere between that, I'd feel better about you grabbing him. But right now, at this draft price, I'm staying the hell away. So I agree with pretty much everything you said there. A couple things I, I want to clear up, though. So the thing was, O'Neill Cruz did come out like a, you know, house on fire. Then, uh, you know, that midway point, he struggled. But he did adjust back, actually. O'Neill Cruz's last 29 games, which was September 2nd to October 1st, uh, was yeah, 29 games. He had 19 runs. He had six doubles, two triples, six bombs, 19 RBIs. He hit 288 over that period, and he also had five steals. So he kind of has already shown that he can adjust back to, you know, um, the big league uh, pitching, which is why, you know, a lot of people are very, very high on him. He has all the talent in the world, got that Aaron Judge type frame. And I'm the reason that I'm saying he's being drafted too high is not so much O'Neill Cruz himself, but the surrounding team, which is going to limit his runs. It's going to limit his RBIs. I still think he hits for a good amount of power. I think that, you know, the steals can be very, very good as well. He potentially could, as soon as this year, could be a 25-25 guy. I'm talking about home runs and steals. The batting average, though, I'm not 100% sure where that's going to land. Uh, you know, I want to see how he does the spring training. I want to see how the eye looks. Because if you remember last year, Bobby Witt and Julio came out and had, had a monster, monster, you know, spring training, which, you know, shot them up draft boards. But O'Neill Cruz, you know, in the minors, always did hit for a pretty solid average. Um, in 2021, he had 310, 2019, 298, 2018, 286. So the guy does have a lot of minor minor league experience as well. Matt told you where he's being drafted. I feel like that is very, very high. I don't think I'm willing to take him unless it's like, you know, a, a dynasty startup or anything like that where, you know, you take a little bit more risk and redraft this year. I'm probably staying away from O'Neill Cruz. I have, as, have him as my 13th shortstop off the board. And that's kind of where uh, things are for me with O'Neill Cruz. So with that being said, let's move on to our next guy here. And I think this is where Matt and I might have a little debate action going on. And that's uh, Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies is currently coming off the board as the number five second baseman, pick 50 overall. Now, number five second baseman necessarily isn't what I'm mad at. I don't think I'm going to take him around pick 50. I think that's just super, super high. I'm looking for other things at that point in my draft. Hopefully by that point, I've already got, you know, um, maybe two, three bats. Maybe at that point I'm looking for a starting pitcher. And I just don't – I'm not willing to push it with a guy who, you know, missed pretty much all of last year. Not really his fault. You know, he had the broken foot. He had the – then right as soon as he came back, he got the pinky broken. I forgot who hit him, but somebody hit him on the hand and, you know, messed up his, uh, messed up his pinky. But the thing is, even in, you know, 2021 when Ozzy Albies was fully healthy, he didn't really he – he had a pretty solid year. But, you know, the batting average was a little suspect, and I don't know where he's going to hit in that lineup now. You know, you got Michael Harris. You got uh, hopefully Vaughn Grissom. That lineup is just stacked. I'm not sure where he's going to hit. And it's just going to be interesting to see what goes on with Ozzy Albies. I currently – I think I even have him a little higher than the ADP at second base. I have him as my number four second baseman. But once again, it's more of the pick where he's going for me, not so much where he's going as according to all second basemen. Yeah, I mean, I completely disagree. Like, I think he should be drafted higher. 
Um, he's my number Fair one enough. overall sh- uh, second baseman this year. You know, you say he had an okay last um, 2021, but I mean, let me read off what he did in 629 at bats. He had 103 runs. He had 40 doubles, seven triples, 30 home runs, 106 ribbies, 20 stolen bases, and batted at a measly 259. That part I don't like. But if you go back to 2020, um, which uh, which he only had 118 bats, we'll, we'll X that. We'll go back to 2019, 295, and 218, he hit 261. So he could he could hit for average. It's just a matter of where he's going to go. Let's go to the mean, right? Let's go to the, the average. Where he's going to say, we'll say well, he's a 275 hitter. Yeah, 271, 275 batting average. I think that's a pretty solid. And quite honestly, with the 30-20 upside and in that lineup where there's going to be a lot of runs and ribbies, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit for him at second base. And on top of that, you know, Von Grissom, yeah, he's going to be a steals guy, but he's not going to hit high in that lineup. But, you know, we love him on this show. But at the same time, he's going to be like the sixth, seventh, eighth hitter, and he's going to be lower in that lineup, hence why he's being drafted so low and he's going to have to earn his way up. He's not going to push out Albies. So, quite honestly, if we can get that production from 2021, he's going to be the number one second baseman this year. No question. So, um, let's move on here. Actually, yeah. Before we move on and we talk about other guys we don't we we uh, we feel are should be lower in the um, in, in draft picks, pretty much. We have somebody great we need to talk about here at Lockdown. We're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can go bet on everything from money lines, points scored, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets at, uh, for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when your first bet doesn't hit. Go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Woo, I killed that. Oh. <laughs> and um, let's talk about somebody else here. And uh, That was very not- good. I think that's your best one yet. Yeah, I think so. Let's talk about somebody that everybody loves in the, in, in the MLB this year. and he, He's definitely a darling uh, in terms of prospects last year, and that's Mr. Aldi Rutschman. You know, Rutschman is being drafted right now as the catcher four and pick 64. That's just outrageous. I mean, I'm not picking him in the top 100. That's just where I am. So I'm not getting him this year. And the reason for that is, honestly, it's just I don't feel comfortable. I just don't, right? Like, so in 398 at-bats, he had 70 runs, 13 home runs, 42 ribbies, four stolen bases, and batted 254. Now, that's pretty good numbers for a guy stepping in and playing what he played, especially adjusting to the league. But, you know, I really want to see him do more, especially at my catcher position where, like, I, you know, the theory on this on this um, podcast is, you know, not to take a catcher that early. You know, there's no reason to. You know, you can get better value on guys later. And on top of that, I mean, you're drafting this kid at his ceiling, you know, like, who guys that are probably going around that, and I don't know off the top of my head, but it's probably JT Rilamuto, um, and 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 Pal- Sal- Salvador Perez. Like those are guys I'd be willing to drop in the in the top one, not drop draft in the top 
top 50, top 60, top 100. Other than that, there's nobody else worth a catcher position to really grab outside of that. Like, I'm sorry, like, I want to see Aldi do it before we just give him the crown and say, here, welcome to that tier of, of uh, JT and Perez. I have him as my eighth catcher, but, like, my eighth catcher is after pick 100. So, you know, that's just where I stand. Yeah, I'm 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 so high on Adley. He he's just he's like you said he's kind of a fantasy darling. Um, see, it's just, it's a risky pick though. I'm not I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I I think like eight out of ten times I'm probably not taking Adley. And I think it's more about the catchers that go later than it is about him because the kid has all the talent in the world. But I I have you know William Contreras, uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, Tyler Stevenson. Uh, Sean Murphy, guys like that that are going well later than him. I'd rather wait on them and fill other positions that are harder to fill than catcher first because catcher's actually a little bit deep this year. But speaking about Adley specifically, his last 97 game, well, uh, 103 games, he wound up going 66 runs. Uh, tw- oh, what is that? 34 doubles? Jeez, wow. 13 bombs, 42 ribbies. He walked 61 times, struck out 76 times, so that was great. And Adley finished that uh, time period, uh, you know, 262. Just um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Once again, I'm probably not drafting him as high as he's going. It's an upside pick, kind of like that O'Neill Cruz pick. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I will say that there's a ch- big chance that if you don't take Adley this year, this is the latest he might go for the next 10 years because I think they get just an all-world talent. Matt, I think you wanted to chime in back in, my brother. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree what Aldi can do. His upside is great, but you're drafting him at a ceiling. You know, it's yeah. like this, right? Anybody that plays like fantasy football, for instance, this is a great way, great way to compare compare this, right? You have tight end and you have quarterback. When you're playing the single tight end and quarterback leagues, you don't draft those guys early because you know you only got a, the least important. Well, not quarterback isn't, but tight end is the least important position on the field. You get that av- um, get that advantage by drafting the top two guys, but at that point you don't draft tight ends and stuff like that early it's the same thing with catchers you know you rather draft later fill up the multiple positions like outfield utility you know and and the um the putrid positions like second base and third base where there's not as many you know tiered like high high tier guys and you can wait on that because one it's deeper and two you know at that point it is what it is catchers don't even play every day so it it's just it I'm not drafting guys this early outside of the other two that I named. But move, go ahead, move well, on here. I think, yeah, I think you're spot on with the analysis on Adley. The whole thing is, is that if you are a risky player, a risky fantasy baseball player, Adley's the guy for you. But if you want to wait and fill out other positions at the top, which I think you should do, and I believe you know Matt pretty much said you should do as well, you could wait on catcher this year. There's just so many guys that are going late at the catcher position that I would definitely rather have over Adley, you know, just as far as value goes. And that's kind of what we're getting at here today. But let's move on to another catcher that's being drafted very, very high. And that's Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right now he's coming off the board as the number three overall catcher and pick 58 overall. The thing with, uh, you know, Big Willie is he's great. He's a very, very good player. But once again, he's just going so high out of position. There's value so much later. You know, see Adley Rutschman that we just talked about. So uh, Will Smith last year, 137 games, 508 at-bats, only 68 runs, uh, you know, um, 26 doubles, 24 bombs. The 87 RBIs are nice, and he hit 260. So none of those numbers are really truly blowing you, blowing you away. 
And I think you can get similar production once again from even like a Salvador Perez, William or Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, Tyler Stevenson. Uh, you know, Will Smith is in a great lineup, but he's been in the league, what, four years now, and he hasn't really broken out the way people expected him to, him to do as he was coming up. He, you know, he's still only 28. He is in the, the prime of his career. But I'm just waiting at catcher this year, guys. So that's pretty much my point. At pick 58, you know, third catcher off the board. So a little steep price for my blood. Yeah, I mean, I understand why people are drafting Will Smith so high, not the actor. Um, <laughs> you know, he did have 508 at bats last year, which is, you know, on the higher end for a catcher. So, like, I can understand the appeal and the fact that he's on the Dodgers. You know, those are all plus signs. I get it. But at the same time, like Dom said, the value is lower. And the only other thing I could say is he's not like a full-blown contributor, right? He only had 68 runs last year. So, like, you know, you're, he's not really contributing in all five categories for him to be drafted this high. So, you know, again, just let him slide. Let him be somebody else's thing. They're going to be happy they got them, but you're going to get the same thing and be able to scoop up that's going to be able to contribute and, and four out of five, not like him that's like a really pretty much like a three and a half, two, three and a half, maybe like two and a half contributor in terms of categories. All right, let's move on here. I had enough of the, the catchers for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. <laughs> Let's talk about Tommy Edmonds. You know, he he's a, he's another one that's like the epitome of Mr. Studio Girl because the guy can just steal bases, you know, at will. Let me read off what he did last year. He had a good year. He had uh, 577 at-bats. He had 95 runs, 13 home runs, 95, um, 57 ribbies, 32 stolen bases, and batted 265, right? So, like I said, he had a good year, but he had a good year for him. You know, he's going out right now at the sixth second baseman, 81st overall pick. Now, he's pretty much in the same boat as like, remember I was talking about um, Brendan Nimmo a couple weeks ago. You know, you're not going to get the 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 appeal or the contra- contribution in all the categories that you would need. When you're drafting at the 81st overall, I'm sorry, there's a lot of other players that can contribute to all five categories, at least four out of the five, and do, do you justice? Because, I mean, again... What is his now? The only time I would say it's appropriate to even pick him around that pick is if you missed out on steals, right? You didn't get any five tool guys. You didn't scoop up like a Cedric Mullins or an Adolis Garcia. Then, okay, I'm I'm okay with it. That's the time, right? It's about team construction, right? But nine out of 10 times, if you listen to this show, you aren't grabbing him there because you did the right things early in the draft where you can get big upside, big power numbers around this time or scooping up a really nice pitcher. So, you're not going to need to draft Tommy Edmonds this high. Yeah, once again, another guy that we're pretty much in sync on today. It, it's just Tommy Edmonds decent. You know, he's not he's not blowing me away. And if I haven't taken one of the top four or five catchers, it's just that I'm not I'm not doing it at this point. You know, runs are nice, steals are nice, batting average is baseman. okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, batting average is is, is plus. But the thing is, is, is you know, you're really drafting Tommy Edmond for steals, and I feel like steals are just going to be up around the league this year. So he might chip in a little bit more steals too. But, you know, if you're getting a guy that's going to only hit 13 bombs and he's only going to have, you know, 57 RBIs, it's kind of really dragging you down in that category. You know, guys, um, I currently have Tommy Edmond. I'm a little bit buried. I'm as my number 10 second baseman. Uh, I like I like a Jorge Polanco over him. I like uh, Andres Jimenez over him. I think Andres Jimenez is going to have a you know huge breakout year. You know he was great last year. I think he's going to be even better this year. 
it's just at pick once again what is it 87 at pick 87 that's just a steep price to pay for a guy that's gonna do runs and steals and then you know be a little bit of a plus batting average and i'm i'm just i'm not a fan of uh of tommy edmund coming into the season before we move on though I would love to let you guys know about our pal Lindsey Crosby, who is the host of Locked on MLB Prospects. He was on our podcast, you know, about a week ago, talking about our top 10 prospects for the fantasy baseball season. You should go check out that episode and definitely go check out Lindsey's podcast. Once again, that's Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh, We like to say around here that Lindsey is an encyclopedia of prospect knowledge, and he will definitely give you advice, not only for, you know, real baseball, but that will help you in fantasy baseball. Definitely, definitely a podcast that you need to add to your rotation. So let's uh, wrap up this part of the segment here, and let's talk about uh, Dansby Swanson. Now, Big Dansby uh, had a monster, monster year last year, right? Uh, Let's read you off what Dansby did last year because it was an awesome year. He actually played all 162 games, 640 at-bats, 99 runs, 32 doubles, 25 home runs, 96 RBI. 18 steals and he hit 277. You know, Dansby was, uh, you know, very, very high in draft pick, very, very high in prospect. And he had never truly, truly lived up to expectations. Even in 2021, he, he had a great year, but he still only hit 248. So last year was his coming out party. And I had Dansby super, super highly ranked until he goes to the Chicago Cubs. Now, the Chicago Cubs didn't make a lot of other good moves. There's a, there's a decent core there. I could see them having a sneaky, sneaky good year. But I don't think Dansby touches the 99 runs or the 96 RBIs. Uh, hey, he could still be close to a 2020 guy with a with a plus batting average, even though he's a career 255 hitter. I think he's you know learned a few things over you know his career as far as you know keeping that batting average up. But once again, he's a three tool guy, and he's going at pick 76 right now, the ninth shortstop off the blo- off the board. A little rich for my blood. I currently have Dansby as my number. 16 shortstop. Shortstop is so deep this year. You know, you could always get a Tim Anderson or a Jeremy Pena or even, I believe, Wander Franco and is going after him too. And they're just – I'd rather invest in guys like that than, you know, give Dansby Swanson the chance on, you know, a Chicago Cubs team that might not might not be great for his uh, counting stats. I'm going to make this quick, and I think everybody's going to kind of agree with me after I'm done. So I think Dansby Swanson was pretty much a product of a contract year. He knew he had to get paid. He knew he never really did anything big, and he needed to swing for the fences, and so he did. You know, the guy really just made the best out of an opportunity and got paid and went to Chicago, and now his stats are going to dip. Uh, he only hit two seven, hit in the two, hit above two seventy twice in his career. He's been in the two fifties, two sixty range max. You know, pretty much his whole career. So I don't foresee that returning to the mean. You know, and the Cubs are are awful. Let's just put it lightly. So I don't foresee him being what he was last year. He's my number 15 shortstop. So, like, he's way too rich for my blood, and I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. You couldn't pay me. So, anyway, let's move on here. Let's move on to Mr. Reese Hoskins. You know, somebody else that I'm just – I have a lot of question marks about, right? Because, one, I don't know if Reese is going to make it on the – stay on the team the whole year. I don't know if he's going to be a trade deadline guy because this is their last year of control with him. But the bonuses and why I why I think you should draft him, and why he's my number twelve outfield uh, first baseman versus where he's going in ADP at number nine, is he's in a contract year essentially. This is his prove it year. This is his go, go get paid year. So he could have an upside. That's the only reason why I'm saying going to draft him, but not at number nine. You know, yes, first base is not the greatest this year, and it does tear off, and he does offer a lot of power bonuses. 
I'm not really happy to draft him. I don't feel great about it. The other thing is, too, he may lose um, lose uh, playing time because he's terrible at defense. And I didn't know somebody could be so terrible at defense that they can't play first, and he's that bad. So, like, he could start losing playing time as well, which can also be a, neg- a negative downput for him in his playing time. So that is why I have him as my 12th. So, you know, Reese Hoskins, he could be great, and I'll read you off his stats, right? At 589 at-bats. He had 81 runs, 30 home runs, 79 uh, ribbies, two stolen bases, and batted 246. Like, yeah, the power is great, but, I mean, even on that stacked Phillies team, he didn't have more ribbies or runs. Like, I'm sorry, it's either he hits for a yard or he gets struck out. Like, it's just, that's 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 uh, Reese Hoskins. So, if you're drafting him in your top 100, um, if you draft him at 105, that's way too high for me. Yeah, once again, we're in sync here. I I I like Reese Hoskins. I don't love Reese Hoskins. Uh, you know, pick the thing is, it, it's where what what we're mainly getting at here today is that not necessarily that we don't like any of these guys or that we won't draft them if they fall. It's just that where they're going is a little rich for our blood in the sense of we'd rather be doing other things at this point in the draft than taking a, uh, somebody whose upside is is very limited. And with Reese Hoskins, you know, Bryce Harper's not there. I mean, he might hit a little higher in the lineup, but still, you know, his uh, he, he he hasn't had, you know, over 79 RBIs in the last three years. You know, the runs were kind of high last year for him, you know, at 81. I, I don't know if he matches that again. The 30 bombs, that's what he does. And then the 246 batting average is, is kind of dragging you. And I, I'll, I'll say this. I have Reese Hoskins as my 16th first baseman. And you know who you can get after Reese Hoskins that I think could beat him in almost every category? Christian Walker. Christian Walker went out and had a monster, monster year last year. Guys got, you know, light tower power. And I think the batting average can even come up for Christian Walker. So once again, the, the point of this episode is that there's guys later at these positions that you can get that are going to be better than taking the guys that we're currently listing off here. You know, once again, just talking about Reese Hoskins. But uh, let's let's keep it pushing here. Let's move on to our next guy. And uh, uh, Matt, I'll save you your guy. You can take him last because we're Thank probably going to disagree on him. But um, let me go with Christian Yelich here. Christian Yelich is way, way beyond his prime. He's been dealing with uh, back problems for the last uh, three years. We all know what he was capable of when he was an MVP and he was a little bit younger. Uh, uh, you know, he's phasing out of his prime. Christian Yelich is going to be 31 years old, uh, you know, this upcoming season. And last year he didn't have a horrible season, but it's not what you expected when you were drafting him fairly high last year. And this year he's still going kind of high at number 30 overall outfielder, pick 123 overall. I've got Yelich buried. Jeez, uh, I, I have to I have to scroll to find where I have Yelich. I have Christian Yelich going as my number 46 outfielder, so I'm about 16 spots lower than ADP. But once again, last year, Christian Yelich, 99 runs, 25 doubles, only 14 bombs, only 57 RBIs, 19 steals are nice, and he hit 252. So if you need, you know, runs and steals, I guess you can, you know, take him, but that he's only really helping you in two out of the five major categories. And for me, that's just like, why would I do that when I could, you know, take upside plays even later. Somebody that we always talk about in this podcast, like Lars Nupar or Oscar Gonzalez, just guys that we really love that have a lot of, that are younger, have a lot of upside, you know, uh, have shown that they're capable of, you know, uh, excelling. And when Christian Yelich is on the decline, you want guys that are going up. 
And uh, I'm just I'm out on Christian Yelich this year, man. He hasn't. And one last thing, he the last three years, I'll read off his batting averages. 205 in 2020, 248 in 2021, and as I said last year, 252. So I'm just out. He's no longer that MVP guy that we used to know. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not too far off. The only sad part is because outfield is so ugly, I can't find myself not having him in, in my top 40, right? Unfortunately, right. I have him at, at 31, which is pretty steep. Oof. But I'm not drafting him at 123. Like, that's smoking crack. Like, I'm good. I'm out. But – you know, like, yeah, like, I'd rather wait and grab, like, you know, a Hanager or a new bar, like you said. But the thing is, like, he does have high production in those categories, whereas, like, you know, a new bar or a Hanager, there's question marks. Can Hanager stay healthy? Can new bar build off of last year? You know, there's question marks that are a little bit more depth versus a consistency of, of Yelich. Now, I'm not saying go draft him at 123, but I am sa- saying that, you know, that's why I just have them ranked higher. Essentially, it's that can, that that track record of runs and that track record of somewhat production. You know, it, how do I put this? It's a conservative ranking. Let's put it that way. Um, but other than that, I'm really just I'm Matt, staying away Matt, from. Real quick, I want yeah. I, I want to drop for Yelich when we talk about him. I says, "Oh my back." <laughs> no, no, if anything, we're gonna get one for for uh, Montesi. And it's and I should do yeah, it no, on that's the fair, that's fair. But you know, I, mean, <laughs> I like that too. But I just <laughs> he's been so banged up over the last three years, Yelich. It's just I don't see him ever coming back into that form that he once was. But let's move on, brother. Let's let's hear about yeah. uh, your next guy here. I know, I know, I know you got some love, some love for him. So MJ Melendez, right? So I can't believe what's going on right now in terms of ADP. I guess everybody heard the podcast about how much I loved him and started running him up the rankings because I didn't see him hitting catcher number seven. I have him as my 11. I also didn't see him being picked at 110. Like, that's a little outrageous for a guy that, you know, struggled down the stretch but showed a lot of upside and has the the prospect and pedigree that he did in the minors, right? Like, I get that. But, like, we need to see that, right? It's it's a catcher position. Is he going to play every day? How much is he going to split with Salvador Perez? I could see him getting almost playing every day because of, you know, they're putting him in the outfield. They're putting him in the catcher. You know, they're they're moving him around and whatnot. Same thing with Perez with, with DH. So, but I need to see it because he was, he was a streaky guy last year. When he hit one home run, he hit three. When he didn't hit anything, he hit nothing. So, like, that's the downside of drafting the guy, right? That's why he's my 11th catcher. So, like, picking him at 110, you're accepting a lot of risk. Whereas like, I'm not going to say that's a ceiling. A ceiling could be a top 50 player, but you're drafting him at it pretty much what you hope his floor is. And at that time too, there's a lot of other guys I'm willing to grab, especially like in that range, there's pitchers that are just like easy to scoop up and make your, you, you a lot, make your team more whole and contribute way more than Melendez could. You know, again, there's a lot more value later in, in the catcher rankings for me. Yeah, brother. I'm, I, we're we're once again. I feel like I feel like we were a lot more in sync today than I actually thought we were going to be. It's not that we don't like MJ Melendez. It's a kid. The kid was a, a very high end prospect. You know, he's got light tower power. I'm a fan of his. But once again, I have him ranked as my 12th catcher. So Matt and I are right there. If he was going around that range, I would take him there. But I just can't see myself paying a number seven overall catcher. You know, for for him, a one one ten overall. You know, he had a solid year last year, 129 games. Once again, MJ Melendez, 57 runs, 21 doubles, 18 bombs, 62 RBIs, chipped in two steals, and he had 217. 
I, I, the batting average, I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, get that back up, even though he hit for, for decent averages in the minors, you know, that, that transition from the minors to the majors is very, very big transition. So I don't know if he's ever going to hit higher than like two thirty. Yeah, Hey, but he could also hit 30 bombs. The thing is, I think he's projected to lead off right now. So the runs could actually go up, but I don't know where the RBIs are going to be because that bottom of the, you know, Royals lineup kind of tails off after, you know, the top like four or five guys. So I don't know, you know, if he's going to have a crazy RBI total, he's not going to chip in and steals. So it really could just be a runs home runs type of thing for, you know, MJ Melendez. Once again, I'm talking about what the, what the most likely outcome is here. I think he could, you know, 85 plus runs, maybe 30 bombs. Uh, the RBIs, I don't know, maybe 70. And then the batting average is going to be very, very suspect. So, you know, guys, that's about it for today. Uh, you know, we thank you for joining us and, you know, coming here and, you know, talking through uh, which, pros- which, um, which players that uh, we don't think are, you know, going to be uh, meet the expectation of where they're currently being drafted. That can all change, though, as we get to draft season. We'll keep you updated. But once again, that's all for today. So please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Also check out our website. Our rankings are on there. There's a little bit about us. You can find every uh, access to every single episode on there. Um, and you know what, guys? Um, if you enjoy us, you know, make us your first listen each and every day. Once again, please, please make our friend Lindsey Crosby's uh, podcast Locked on MLB Prospects your second listen each and every day. Once again, he's an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to the prospects. Um, and join us tomorrow. We're going to be like we just did with the hitters today. We're going to do with the same with pitchers tomorrow. We're going to be talking about pitchers that are currently being drafted too high based on ADP. But guys, until then, see you. Peace.